2: Hello and welcome to the No Name Ever podcast, episode 4. There's a bumper team today. I'm Jamie Smith, your host for the evening. And we've got Kevin Robinson, James Bird, Adam Howarth and Daniel Bentley with us. Um, James is going to leave us fairly shortly, so we'll kick off with him soon. Um, obviously, we'll be talking about the Sheffield Wednesday game. Mainly, a good solid 2-1 win at Hillsborough for Burnley on Saturday. Both strikers, Danny Ings and Samvolts on the score sheet. And Adam's got some quotes from the managers from after the game.
3: Okay. uh, after this week's match, Dyche said he thinks of the cup as being half full at Burnley. After reaffirming that the side is a work in progress, he said of the performance at Sheffield Wednesday, I thought in the first half we were 2-0 up without quite being where we have been with our performances. There were moments of quality, but I felt we turned over possession a bit cheaply. He went on to say it should have been 3-0 because there's a very blatant handball in the area. If the referee gives that, it's game over. Instead, they nick one soon after and the whole feel of the stadium changes. During the game, Junior Stanislas was substituted with what looks to be a dead leg. Uh, there's no other injury news and that concludes the news for this week. Jamie, to be a Excellent. dead Excellent. Good news all uh, round. No uh, we'll kick things off with
2: you, James, because you were our correspondent at Hillsborough for the game. What did you make of the performance? Was it a deserved win?
4: Um, yeah, we deserved to win. I think it was... Uh a typical sort of away performance that you probably want to see. We we looked strong for periods. But obviously, the home size, you'd expect, didn't go down without a fight, but we resisted the pressure very well.
2: Um, do you think that we invited the pressure a little bit too much at the end, or were we always were we fairly confident we were going to see the game out?
4: Um, it did get a little bit hairy, um, particularly just before the goal. You were wondering, is it time to bring on someone to maybe show up in the midfield a little? And then after we did make the change, because it was for the only remaining winger, it meant that we were very withdrawn and uh, there was only really Sam Volks anywhere near their half because even Danny Ings sort of pulled right back as well. So then obviously Sheffield were looking to put more pressure on with us being so deep.
2: The first half, though, we were excellent in the first half, weren't we? It could have conceivably have been three, four 0 at the break.
4: Um, Wednesday did start well, but I think after about twenty minute mark, we really did uh, get on top, and we could have scored more than we did. Um, but then again, they could have scored a couple early on, where we seemed to sort of take ten, fifteen minutes maybe to find our feet.
2: Um, two really good goals as well good crosses in, I think that's the way we're going to play for most of the season and it was good to see Ross Wallace so heavily involved after certain people, no names mentioned <coughs> me, psyched him off so much in the last week it was a really, really good cross for Danny Ings' goal and Trippier, well we all know what he can do with the ball at his feet, picked out his quite brilliantly for the second one that's obviously going to be a, a big source of our goals this season James
4: uh, Yeah, well, we saw a lot of goals last year from Kerry and Trippier whipping the ball in and it was great to see Sam Vokes get on the, the score sheet. Probably less surprising to see Danny Ings score. But it is a little surprising to see him score with his head because I don't think that's something we've seen a huge amount of. But um, Sam Vokes' header was probably one of the most beautiful headers you'll ever see.
2: It's top um, class, wasn't it? He sort of um, peeled away to the back post and headed it back across the goalkeeper. He just sort of dipped in at the far post, isn't it? Yeah, really I mean, classic striker's header.
4: Absolutely no power on that final header. It's just all position it, it's, your keeper's never getting there, despite the fact it's not really moving that quick.
2: Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Danny Ings. Obviously, he's had a fantastic start to the season, that goal against Bolton that was eventually credited to him, even though he did come off David Wheater. Scored at, at York as well and made it 3-3 three three for the season. I think it's seven or eight games in a row that he scored. Um, Kevin, Danny Ings, we obviously we keep talking about Ings because he's the main man now that Austin's gone. Do you think he's living up to expectations as much as you were hoping
1: well definitely he uh, three goals in three you can't you can't expect much more, especially when he only got three goals last season, I think. So um Well, exactly, he's he's yeah. matched
2: his tally for last year already, which is hugely impressive.
1: Exactly yeah, and I think he's kind of benefited himself from from Austin leaving, I think more mentally than anything, but he he, he is now the main man. who's very much in Austin's shadow way. Um, as many games as he'd like to not getting a rhythm but now he's that main man, he knows that it's all on his shoulders, he can go for I think he's shown that real confidence but now this season, it is all on his shoulders
2: He does seem to he's be relishing the man. he wants to go out and
1: impress. He wants to show everyone what he can do
2: He seems to be really relishing the fact that he's got the responsibility now, he's got to go out and he's, he knows that he's the main man and we are going to rely on him for goals Ings um, and Volts looks like it's going to be the partnership for the foreseeable future and, and so we can bring in a a replacement for Charlie Austin. Anyway, um, James, you've seen a couple of the games so far this season. What do you make of Ings and Volts' partnership? Are they working well together?
4: I think he's got the makings of a good partnership. I mean, um, possibly the best partnership I can remember seeing in recent years was maybe Andy Gray and uh, Gifton Noah Williams. Really? uh, That was a cracking partnership. Do you not agree? That was a great Um, partnership. That was
2: so, a great. I just, just find the word "great" in giving Noel Williams a little bit difficult <laughs> to compute at times. <laughs> see,
4: that's that's the surprising thing. That's I think that's what it, what it is. Necessarily, you wouldn't look at Sam Volks as the greatest striker there is. You know, he, he works hard and he, he can chip him with goals, but I think with a player like Danny Ings alongside him, you could see a really good partnership him there.
2: Uh, What about you, Daniel? Uh, First of all, welcome to the podcast, your first appearance and our first transatlantic guest. You're um, stateside at the moment, aren't you? What do you make of Ings and Volks as a partnership?
5: Um, Just from what I've seen, it's that sort of, um, you know, the classic big man, little man, ping it up to Volks and get him to lay it off thing. And we tried that when we signed Owelemoe and that was obviously the intention with him was to have him up front and and get like Patterson or Rodriguez involved. And that didn't work at all just because you'd get it onto a well and most chest most of the time. And there just wasn't the sort of understanding with the other strikers to really do much with it. And I think giving Volks a bit more of a run out he's obviously going to develop a a decent partnership with Ings. Because the thing was, I wasn't impressed with Volks the first few times I went on the turf and saw him. And he, he seems to have found his, his feet. He's actually a lot more comfortable with the the ball at his feet now, which... He does have that, that cliché good touch for a big man, doesn't he, Sam Vokes? He does, yeah. Which, obviously, you know, known never had, and a couple of our other... I mean, he, he actually reminds me a lot of Steve Thompson. He, he was all right with his feet as well, and... Um, Obviously, he's a lot younger than Tomo was when he came to us. So, you know, they're both really young lads and they'll still both be, you know, working out what kind of player they are and adding facets to the games rather than, you know, having to learn new tricks type of thing.
2: Yeah, I think Tomo's a really interesting comparison, obviously. I mean, when Thompson came to the club... uh... I don't think anyone really expected that much from him and he was, he was never prolific for us but what was so great about Stephen Thompson was he brought players into the game and everyone seemed to thrive off having um, someone to lead the line and to occupy the defenders just basic things like that but it meant there was always room for players like Patterson to exploit, players like Chris Eagles could get into those spaces that Thompson worked so hard to create um, do you think Sam Boats can be our version of Stephen Thompson this season, James? I don't think there's
4: every chance he could be but I think um, he'll probably play more of a part than, than Thompson did, if that, that kind of makes sense. Thompson was a big part of that, that season, but he spent a lot of time on the bench. I think that's kind of what Sam Volks did last year. But he needs a little bit more time, I think, to to sort of get into his game. I and mean, We saw that when he did get chances last season, after a few games, he seemed to really settle in. And then he was back on the bench again, and it was sort of back to square one. Whereas if we see him get a, a good run, Early this season, I think he'll he'll prove worth keeping in the side. Yeah, of course, it's been
2: difficult to judge Volks just because of the little football that he's played, but he seems to have started the season quite well. What, what do you make of Volks so far this season, Adam?
3: Yeah, I mean, he's obviously got a goal to his name, which is more, it took him a lot longer last season, but that's because he was playing a, a bit part uh, role. But what Daesh has done is he's seemed to harness. Um, vokes and try and develop him into a proper player um kind of work on his weaknesses and um maybe push forward his his strengths um so i think that's part of the reason why he's he's um not doing badly um i thought in the bolton game he he um did his role well but in the second half when it, uh, ings went off he was just heading it on to nobody so if we can get the system working towards it, uh, in favour of him um then um there's no reason why you can't score score lots more
2: well it's certainly going to be tricky because we've played pre-season all pre-season with Austin and Ains, and then obviously selling Austin a couple of days before the season started, and Volks sort of got thrust into that role. I don't think anyone was quite prepared for the timing of the Austin sale, so Volks has had the limelight sort of thrust upon him, and the team has to learn how to play with Volks instead of Austin. I mean, the Bolton game, I think there were a couple of crosses in the second half in particular that Trippy has sort of flung in across the six-yard box quite low. The sort of cross you would expect Austin to be there for, and Sam Volks just didn't have the right sort of technique didn't have the right awareness to get on the end of those. But that will come in time. And obviously, we saw at Hillsborough, um, Kevin, that Trippier's he crossing, he's so accurate. He can always pick out a player. And he will learn the sort of crosses that Sam Volks wants. Obviously, Volks has got a very good chance in the end just because of his size against defenders.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, um, like, like we said earlier, both the crosses at Hillsborough were, were top, top, top class. We both pinpoint, and the strikers had it on a plate. Really, we both had, were both great headers, but the, uh, the, the crosses did most of the work. Um, and yeah, I think obviously Charlie Austin did score a lot of goals with his head, but he's not—he's not a player you'd, you'd call him a great um, target man player, and he's not somebody who's, you'd you'd rely on to you know to be that kind of Steve Thompson sort of player who's going to be getting on the box, uh, getting on the header in the box. Um, jumbled up my words completely then. Um, he doesn't want to yeah, try and head
2: the penalty box. Up. That could get quite
1: technical. <laughs> Maybe it's a new tactic. I don't know. But um, yeah, I think, um, like I said in my piece earlier in the week, I think both Ings and um, Volks going headed goals from two great crosses was a really good sign because I think that's what we're going to be, be uh, playing quite a lot of this season. Particularly, if Vaux is going to be in the side um, for the whole campaign, I think we're going to be playing uh, a lot of crosses down. Besides our strength, I mean, if one we've got um, the likes of Trippier, Wallace, and Stanislas as in the team, then we've got are f- 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 very free, fantastic crosses when we when we form. So if we've got enough players in the team, and you've got to play with the strengths. I mean, it's interesting now
3: uh, because. Deich in his quotes, I didn't put it in the news story, but he said, Sam has also scored today, and I must say I was very impressed with his performance as a big, strong target man. So you say that um, we can't rely on him to be that sort of um, target man figure, but Daish obviously, obviously thinks he's, he's not too bad at it.
2: It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Because I think you look at Volts' size, that's, that's the thing that you see big, strong, strapping lad, you think he's going to be a target man. But actually, his link-up play is really good. Um, and he's, he doesn't tend to dominate defenders in the air, I mean he's a young player he's going to develop and we're not I don't think anyone's quite sure what sort of player he'll develop into once he actually has games um, James I think we're going to lose you soon um, you're going to have to leave you're You're not going to die so, so we'll just um, hopefully, sorry that was. is is he still there, have we still got James? what do you, what do you make of Sam Vultz? do you think he's going to be a Thompson type player or will we see something else from him?
4: Um, I think that if he gets that long running games, I think there's no reason he can't be the second striker all season. Um, so it depends on form. If he keeps up his current play, though, I think he could probably start every game this season alongside Ings, you know, barring injury or suspension.
2: Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because last year he played, it's one of your favourite stats, I think, that Sam Boltz was involved in every single I game, see. isn't it? Because last year he played, it's one of your favourite stats, I He played every game last year, didn't he, Sam bolts But so many of them were from the bench. And then, um, obviously, this season he's going to play a lot more games instead.
4: Yeah, he was involved every every game last season, which I think is quite strange, really, if you on the face of it. It's hard to remember that he was in every game because a lot of them were three or four minutes at the end of games. Um, but I think with a better run, I think we'll see a lot more from him.
2: Um, We've had a couple of comments on the live chat about Sam Volks, who who seems to be going down quite well, considering I don't think he had a particularly good reputation among fans earlier on. Um, Ganks has been on. He says Volks needs a good run in the side before anyone can judge him. But so far this season, he seems to be doing all right, and he's already chipped in with a goal. I think that goal will be extremely good for Volks' confidence. I think that will really give him a boost. It's like Adam said earlier, the fact that it took him so long to get off the mark before I think that weighed on his shoulders. So the fact that he's got his place in the side and he's going to score goals, I think that's really going to help. connor has been on as well. He says he rates Sam volts and he's getting much more involved in games and he's getting in the right areas to create goal-scoring opportunities, but he needs time to improve on his finishing. I think that's fair. A couple of chances in the Sheffield Wednesday game he probably could have put away. And Greengrass has been on as well, saying he agrees with Ganks. Let's give him a little bit more time. Um, we've lost James. I'm afraid James has had to go... Um, he might pop in later. I think he's going to ride his bike back home. So we're down to four for now. Um, just on Sam Votes before we move on to another topic, Daniel, uh, do you think that the striker that we do want to bring in will be uh, a foil for and Ings, or will it be someone to come in and take votes place on side? Obviously, votes has come in for Austin for now, but we would all hope that we are going to go for a striker. Will it be to replace votes or on top of what we've already got?
5: I think it'd be a, a big mistake to look to replace Volks in our starting lineup. Obviously you want someone who's going to be competing for a starting place and obviously you want the you know the best strikers you can have. Um there's just a real look with our starting 11 that that I has played so far of of unity of you know playing with smiles on the faces and you you don't want to just bring someone in who the manager backs to be better than Volks and and just upset things there. Really, I mean, he hasn't done anything to sort of warrant losing his place. Um, I think it'd be really harsh if we brought someone in and, and, and replaced him. Um, and also, it just it you know it, he's he waited out last year. He he's waited for his chance. You know he 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 played all those substitute appearances. Didn't really grumble about it. Obviously, he was desperate to play and got his chance when. Charlie was injured and whatnot, but you know he's, he's he's waited patiently for his chance. He's got it, and it you know it's his shirt to lose now. So it, it'd be a real mistake to sort of bring someone in to to replace him immediately. I just think we need someone who probably offers something a bit different to both Vokes and, and Ings. Um, I'd like to see someone uh, maybe a bit more direct than both of them for when you're sort of chasing a game with 10 minutes to go, maybe a bit of ugly football. And I know that's not a popular opinion and people said, no, we shouldn't get like a journeyman in. Like, you know, we, we were linked with Kevin Davis earlier in, before Charlie left. And I actually think he'd have been the sort of perfect player to bring on with 10, 15 minutes go, bully a few tired defenders and, and get a scrappy goal if we need it. I think that's an
2: interesting idea and I think you you spot on that the fact that we've played the same team in the first three games I think is really important. They're obviously starting to gel as a unit already, they're unbeaten so it it would be strange to bring someone in in this, this week off that we've got a couple of the lads who are playing international football, folks among them of course. But It would be strange if someone came in and came into that side. I think the only place that's perhaps under threat is Danny Lafferty, who's away playing for Northern Ireland this week. Ben Mee was fit enough to be back on the bench after making his comeback in a development squad game, but that's probably the only place in the side that is um, up for grabs at the moment. Would you be looking to bring me back in, Kevin, or do you think it's Lafferty's shirt and he should keep it for now? Uh,
1: Well, I don't think we've struggled too, too much defensively. We've conceded one goal in each other, two league games, um, both in quite different circumstances. I think Bolton have got obviously quite a lot of quality, and in Sheffield Wednesday, um, we were coming under a lot of pressure in that second half. It was a lot of pressure, and but the back four held on. They they, they held tight. And we, we managed to hold out for the win. So I think it'd be a bit of a kick in the teeth to, to perform so well defensively, and then and then lose, lose your place as someone who's just come back from injury. Um, I think me perhaps needs a few more games for the development squad as well before he comes in, because obviously the rest of the team have played several games in pre-season. Me's only played for one, as we're aware of. There uh, might have been a few behind Those games we don't know about. I think it'll be maybe a couple more weeks before he's really coming into contention. I think if Duff or somebody else would have been fit, I'm not sure he might not have made the bench on Saturday. I think it was just more desperation, uh, just through lack of numbers at the back, yeah,
2: uh so he made it i think that's an interesting point i think me obviously missed a lot of pre-season when he picked up that injury so there's there's no need to rush him. back it might depend on um how tired lafferty is i suppose he's away playing for northern Ireland this week yeah. so if he if he has a long trip and and i don't know where they're playing to be honest but if he plays 90 minutes to them he might be struggling for saturday but i'm sure dice will make that decision um when the time comes a uh, new feature on the podcast this week that some people are already very excited about we've got a quiz question for you um i want to try and keep this to to one guess per per um one okay. guess per person for now but we'll see how it goes um, so the quiz question is Burnley v stockport county at wembley in the player final may 1994 what was the starting lineup and the subs that we used one guest per player, not Jeff Hurst, and he's already been on. Jeff Hurst, not involved. Wasn't in the team that day. I don't think he made the squad. I think he had an injury. So uh, throw your guesses to us on the live chat. One guess per person at the moment, and we'll see how it goes, and we'll come back to that a bit later. Um, just to go back to the me versus Lafferty issue, Adam, where do you stand on that? Do you prefer m- me or do you prefer Lafferty for that left-back slot?
3: Well, as um, you said, uh, there's... it. There's a lot riding on whether Lafferty's a bit tired. I don't like you, I don't know where they're playing. I was just trying to find out. Um, but if um, Lafferty's tired, it could that could ad- adversely affect the defense more than it would um, me coming in in his place. Um, I don't think he will be too tired, I think and I think Daesh will will play him um, despite him going away on international duty.
2: I think Lafferty's an interesting one. I mean, me was first choice for all of last season, um, but I was about to say Connor's. Connor's just been on the chat saying his distribution isn't great, and I think that's a very good point. But he does get forward quite well, and his crossing is very good. I think it was Sparsy sets up a goal for, for Austin with a very good cross. Um, what do you make of Lafferty so far, Daniel? And would you be bringing me back in when
1: he's fully fit?
5: I would be bringing me back in. Not for any fault of, of Danny Lassity, but I think there's a, a, a real risk of being two attacking from fullback. And you'll find a lot of the top teams, um, they'll have one real attacking fullback, and then they'll have one who sort of hangs back a bit more and makes it a bit more asymmetric. So when you've got one bombing up front, you can sort of have a three at the back sort of thing. And you know, like you say, when we, we're sort of getting pressured, um, I think that's having me there will sort of firm things up. And he, you know, he's capable of getting forward. You know, he's not—it's not his sort of natural inclination, like with Lafferty um, or like you know with Danny Fox and, and, and players we've had recently. But it, it would just sort of firm things up. And I'm a. I think Lafferty is still just a bit suspect defensively. Um, just looking at that sort of like missed kick he had on Saturday, I mean, obviously all defenders have problems, but I just think I'd like to see us firm up a bit more on that side and have Trippier as our more attacking fullback. It's
2: it's a really interesting debate, this point you make about attacking fullbacks. When you are playing a sort of 4 4 2, I know Ings drops off and it's a bit 4 4 1 1 sometimes. It is tricky to have two fullbacks who are going to get forward a lot, but. My, my question is, if we only have one going forward and that's obviously going to be trippier and me plays on the other side, are we not going to be unbalanced and too predictable in our play because so much will go down that right side? Because they'll know me hasn't really got the tools to get for to get forward and support Stanislavs or whoever his winger is, and we're just going to be too much down one side and teams will learn to play against that and it will be too easy for them to defend against. Kevin, what do you make of the the back situation? Can we afford to play two attacking or would you be going with me over Lafferty for that reason?
1: It's, it's, it's a real struggle to get the balance right because as Daniel said... Um we don't need to, we don't want to be going too attacking but then similarly i think in the first half of um our premier league season i think it was um when we had i can't remember who was at left back but he was certainly a lot less attacking than uh, than Kieran Trippier on the on the right uh, and we, we we did get caught out, out of uh, the lack of balance quite a lot that year um I think Danny uh, Danny was it Danny Fox came in at January with uh with Brian Laws and I think he uh he addressed that problem a little bit Also, the second half of the season wasn't wasn't fantastic um in that but but yeah um it's it's, it's really difficult I, f- I think personally I would in the long term I think prefer to have to have um Ben Mee just because I think he's a lot more solid but yeah it's difficult to get that balance right and That's one of the biggest problems this season, I think.
2: It is going to be interesting, and Gemma's made a good point on the chat, actually. She's pointed out that if we don't have wingers playing on the correct side, this is an argument we've had before, it means the fullbacks have to get forward to provide the width. I think the point with playing the wingers on the other side is that we think... um, our strengths are with the fullbacks, especially Trippi, to get forward. So we play Wallace in front of him so that Wallace can get out of the way and drag the defenders inside, and that creates a space for Trippi to get forward. I think I've, I've only seen a clip of the, the goal at Hillsborough, but it looked like Wallace had carried the ball forward and drawn a couple of men with him, rolled it back to Trippier and Trippier had space to pick out votes in the box. So I think that's what the plan is, and I think there is logic there. But I do also understand why people actually like see the wingers on the, the inverted commas, correct side, inverted commas, and having them taking the full-backs on and getting to the byline and pulling the cross-back. Just on the wingers' situation, Adam, um, are you an opposite wingers fan or do you like to see them taking their men on and getting to the
3: byline? If I'm completely honest, I don't really have an opinion on this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Outstanding. Or come up with one. You need to have an Um, opinion. Yeah, I I really like them
3: on the correct side because that's where they like to play best and they're going to put more effort in.
2: Fair enough. i uh, 'll a bit cop-out. Uh, just on the wingers' <laughs> point, one of the other things we can bring in, of course, Junior Stanislas, my favourite player, number one fan. Stanislas went off injured at the weekend in the first half, sadly, but it was just a dead leg, so he might be back on Saturday. Um it should be. I don't think dead legs are a major problem. Uh, Stanislas isn't unavailable. It's basically a toss-up between Arfield and Tracy. Um, Arfield has come on as a substitute in all three games so far, and we haven't seen Tracy yet. Which which of those two would you be looking to go for, Daniel? If, if Junior doesn't make it on Saturday,
5: I'd. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I'd like to see Keith, and I have no idea why. It's that perennial like <laughs> thing at Burnley where there's one player who disappoints you every single time, but you still want to see them back. He's like, because you're always hopeful. You're always hopeful they're going to do it
2: because yeah. you know they've got
5: the talent i i I'm, I'm i'm really not confident but i still would like to see it even if it's like he's a substitute at half time i still think it'd be good to see see where where keith at where keith is at at the moment um not seen enough of our field to really um or he hasn't done enough to really stand out um so i'd give i'd give i'd give keith a shot then I mean that is I was I was going to bring that up actually and is I think more so than getting a new striker in I'd get a, um someone in the sort of uh, Chris Eagles mold as it were so the you know or um, you know so someone who's a bit more flexible can play up front or can play wing Cameron uh, Stewart
2: say not Cameron Stewart obviously Stewart. but But, someone who can play up front or out wide.
5: Yeah, I mean, if we're going to get a striker, an all-out striker, get one who can, you know, just bosh a goal in. But I think actually far more pressing is getting um, another winger in. And I don't actually think that's sort of on the agenda. Um, But if you think about it, we're talking about replacements for Austin, but we didn't really get an adequate replacement in for Pato. Um, And... Having Ingsy move in to the centre where he was m- more out on the wing, we've really sort of whittled our options away as to who we can play wide. Um, so yeah, I'd be looking to sort of get someone in who can play in in the middle, um, supporting a striker or, or can play on on, on the wing. Well, there's a question for you on the live chat. If you're on the live chat, would
3: you
2: be looking for a new striker to replace Austin or more of a, a wide player in the sort of Patterson mode? I think it's an interesting point about Patterson. I My argument at the moment is that we need more pace in the squad. I don't think there's anyone really that's seriously quick and I think we're going to struggle to stretch teams if they do. Um, especially at the turf, if they come for a draw, I think we're going to struggle to get in behind teams because we just don't have that pace. A few comments as well off the, the live chat that we've got going on while we're broadcasting right now. Thomas has been on Thomas Pickles, who you may recognise from Casualty. Excellent turning <laughs> Casualty there, Thomas. It was fantastic. <laughs> he says, hey, that'll laugh at your head of me, please, because I'm rubbish. That was a joke. No. Oh, dear. Any, anyone laughing? Anyone laughing? Wait, about? I've got some no? sitcom Sti- um, laughter. Yeah, stick to, stick to your hospital dramas, Thomas. Jokes are rubbish. No stand-up comic. Uh, and on the Tracy or Arfield... Debate We've got Connor saying he'd go for Arfield, and Thomas says Arfield is sensible, but Keith, and it's a very good point. Yep, Keith with
3: about a million ease.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think Tracy's in danger of becoming one of these cult heroes that never plays, but everyone really wants to see him play really well. <laughs> um, Keith Tracy, Kevin, is a bit of an enigma. What do you make of Tracy?
1: Well, I thought it was really interesting that he, he didn't come on for the stand at the weekend. Um, our field, I think, is a little bit more comfortable in in central midfield, um than a wing. So, I think effectively, like like Daniel said, with with Ings stepping up top now and Patterson leaving, those two were playing predominantly of a wing last season. So now, effectively, left with two really specialist wingers in in Stanislas and Wallace, which which is troublesome. Um, but yeah, I, do you know what? Everybody wants Keith to to come good, but I'd I'd, I'd be happy if him just to leave. I I think he's had far too many chances. It's not mm. going to happen. Everybody who's who's waiting for it to happen is is going to be disappointed because he's 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 got all the talent in the world, but it's just not going to happen. It's it's a bit really like the Kevin McDonald situation a few years ago. It was so frustrating because we all we could we've all seen just how good he could be when he put his mind to it, but. It was getting his mind to it, but it was was a big issue. And I think this is really similar situation to uh, with Keith treffy And I'd, I'd be more than happy to see him go tomorrow.
2: I think uh, McDonald's a very good comparison with treffy because it's. He's got all the talent in the world when the ball's at his feet, but has he got anything between his, his ears to get it to work? I had a Wolves fan on Twitter actually asking me about McDonald because they're signing him from Sheffield United. And I basically said he's capable of greatness, but whether he can access that on a regular basis is a different story and whether he's got the application to actually be a professional footballer. Again, that's a question that managers are going to ask from him. Um Thomas has been on as well. He says, where's Keith at at the moment? Burger King. Love a good Keith Tracy's fat joke. They're always fabulous. James is particularly fond of those jokes. And Gemma says we should be looking to boost the midfield because we'll need more goals from them this season. That's a very good point. I don't think we've got enough out of players like Dean Marney and even Stanislas and Wallace in the last few seasons. And Gank says we should be looking to bring both a striker and a winger because we haven't spent a penny yet, which is also a good point. All the transfers so far this summer, um, players like Tom Heaton and David Jones and all the goalkeepers they've um, all been free transfer. So you'd hope there's some money there. Um, if you do have any suggestions for sh- signings that we should be making, please throw them at us on the live chat and we will um, oh. tell you whether we think they're actually any good or not. Um, Yeovil, the visitors to the turf on Saturday then. Um, I think a lot of fans looking at Yorville at home and thinking that should be an easy three points, but I'm sure there'll be more of a challenge than that. Obviously came up last season, so they've got the momentum of that behind them. Um, do you think fans are a little bit getting a bit too carried away with the start of the season we've had and counting the three points against Yeovil already, Daniel? Or should it be a fairly comfortable home win for us?
5: Um, I've, I mean, I don't even know anything about Yeovil, um, if I'm being honest, and I, and I, and I think that's what um, you know. A, a few people will be in a sort of similar situation. I don't think anyone's watched a lot of Yeovil football, so there will be a bit of an unknown quantity. I mean, I, I don't even know what the, the playing style is like, whether we're a good match for them. They're playing like green. That. They're playing green, but, Yorville. That's about all Gary I Johnson's about
3: the manager, isn't he? So he's been at Bristol before, I think. Gary Johnson? Um, yeah.
2: Maybe. I can't remember. Let me Google it. <laughs> four, Outstanding four research here. <laughs>
5: All I'll say is on, on sort of the side of, of Burnley fans and whether they'll you know will being a bit cocky and overconfident and stuff is it's, it's, it, it makes a, such a difference from like having doom and gloom mongers like at the turf and on Twitter. I would I would rather we lived in this like blissfully optimistic state that we're going to win every game than oh we're going to lose every game in the last two minutes. So as long as we can sort of keep that up, I'm happy.
3: That's the thing about the um, Sheffield Wednesday game. I was absolutely convinced we were going to draw that game. Like, absolutely. I like, was as well. We I thought as soon as they advice. got that
2: goal back through Proton, I was sure that they were going to go on and get at least a point.
3: That's why it felt so good afterwards and I think that's why everyone's gone absolutely, a, bit, a bit yeah. manic afterwards. Like, oh yeah, we're actually not bad.
5: <laughs> that's, just yeah. something that's definitely something that we've fixed this season um, or, or, or and, and towards the end of last season, really. Um, Is just, you don't. I, I, this time last season or eight months ago or whatever, I would have been nailed on that we we'd, we'd lost in extra time then. And Daish has done something to change that around. And I'm not feeling as nervous anymore. Um, For whatever reason, it's just, there's a real, um, a real fine determination. We're just like the defenders putting themselves in the way of the ball, and I feel a lot more comfortable with our centre backs than I have in a long time since we had, you know, Steve Caldwell and Clark Carlisle at you know peak performance. Really,
3: I um, remember when Dash first came in, we lost a game in added time, and um, the Claretts player interview said um, that's a that's a problem for us at the moment, isn't it? and he, he just replied well it won't be for long and it was it, it that that's kind of happened that he's tried to sort it out I, ironically i think the next game we did it again but um it it's a problem it was a major problem um but i think hopefully it's sorted well, there were
2: some whispers that it was maybe a fitness problem, weren't there, when I was in charge, there was lots of rumours that we weren't training particularly hard, that he was spending too much time in Bournemouth and not really running the club as he should be, and there were various things there, but for me, I think one of the reasons we were a bit more comfortable on Saturday was that Kevin Long is so strong in the air, and Sheffield Wednesday it was an aerial bombardment, really, and obviously Shackle's strong in the air and Long's good in the air, so if if we do come up against teams that are just throwing the ball into the box at every opportunity, I think Long and Shackle are going to be more equipped to deal with that than maybe players like Edgar who've played before. And even Duff, I mean, I wouldn't have a bad word said about Michael Duff, but I think Kevin Long's going to be a better player for us in the long run. Um, a little bit about Yorville, I've been doing some research while the others were talking. Um, all their games this season have been 1-0, actually. They started off at Millwall with a very good 1-0 win at Millwall. It's obviously a tricky place to go on your first game in the Championship. And then they also won at South End in the League Cup. Fairly good win. Um, but they lost their first game at home to Birmingham. So, a mixed bag, really. But they started OK. And um, if you're a betting fan, I'd go for a 1-0 on Saturday, because it looks like that might be the way. Um
5: can I just ask a question? And I'm, um, I'm you just, can, I but we have...
2: might not have an answer for you. Feel free yeah, to ask.
5: I'm just wondering, actually, just on Kevin Long, is he the last Coyle player at the club?
2: The mm-hmm. player, players that Coyle signed? Yeah. He signed Edgar, didn't he? Edgar as well. As well. Uh, I can't think of many more. Mm-hmm. Long's a really interesting one because he, when Coyle signed him, he said he was going to be ready for the Premier League straight away, didn't he, and then never played him. And then he had all those loan spells and suddenly he's come into the squad this season with Duff being injured. And now he's <laughs> in the side and it looks like he's going to be a shirt
3: perhaps even if Duff comes back. Didn't he, uh, he? He came in when someone was injured. Did he play it? I don't know. I can't remember. Last how season. He came, yeah, last season. how He, he came played a bit into last the... season.
2: Yeah, when Duff, when Duff had a couple of knocks, and I think Duff was suspended once he came in. But whenever Duff was available again... Uh, Long was straight out so it will be interesting when when Duff does get back to fitness whether Long can keep his shirt um, let us know what you make of Kevin Long on the chat, I'm a massive fan I think he's going to be a very good player he's so strong in the air and we all know his passing needs work he's a young lad and that will come in time um, Kevin Long, Kevin since you're a fellow Kevin are you a member of the Kevin Long fan club?
1: Definitely, yeah. Um, I think, like everybody's said, he's a a really promising player. He's he's come in and he's stood out um, really well at the back. I think um, after Kyle signed him saying he was ready for Premier League and then we had a couple of years of nothing really happening, it was starting to look like he could perhaps be enough for Richard Eckersley. I think he went to loan, was it on was it he went on loan to first. Uh, and I think, and we, I think did he was some sent kind of,
2: off. He was sent off in one of his first games at Stanley was well. I think
5: it was his first game.
2: Was it his first game?
1: That was, it was yeah. yeah. And then I think um, on on and ever we asked um, we we had an Accrington fan come on and just discuss how he was doing. And after about four games, he got a terrible report, guys. He got he got, he got sent off in the first game. The second game. He, he gave away two goals. The third game, he looked really shaky and it looked like it was going to be another one of those disastrous signings. But first play to him, he's come back and he's he, he's really worked in his game. He, obviously, he's a completely different player to what he was then. I don't know if he was a bit of uh, cutting the headlines headlines back then and being thrust into first-team football in the Football League, which he'd never been done before. I don't know if that, what, what was his situation at Stanley. But, um, yeah, I, he kind of came from nowhere last season he was in and about the squad but it looked like he was just making up the numbers I mean he's coming and, and really made the position so I think like Jamie said uh, Duff's not going to get back into the side unless there's uh, injuries or suspensions Well
2: look at that unit don't you the long shackle unit and you think that could be our defensive pairing for a long time and Heaton started really well there's people already saying that he's better than Lee Grant which I think is a bit premature but he's certainly looked a very solid player so far And um, Lafferty and Trippier, I think, are are full-backs that could also be there for a long time. So, that back five, we could potentially be looking at Burnley's defensive unit for years to come. I mean, I don't want to get too carried away, but that could be the case. Thomas has done another joke, which I'm sure will go down extremely well. He says, Kyle said long was... Oh, I know, but I'm going to have to read it out because he loves the attention, don't you, Tommy? You love the attention. He says, Long was ready for the prem when he arrived. That's what Kyle said. But Kyle often said things that weren't true. Oh, the sound effect. The sound effect's been brought out. Fantastic. Uh, we've had a... Yeah. That's that's what we all think of your jokes just Terrible jokes, terrible jokes connor has been on to suggest a player that we could go for um, A player who can play out wide and up front And he's always scoring goals Lee Tomlin of Peterborough United um, I think Peterborough are an interesting side In that they don't seem to be really cut out for championship level But always seem to be doing well in League One I'm not sure if Tomlin would be in that sort of mould. Do you know much about Tomlin, Daniel? Uh, no next Next person <laughs> <laughs> Any, if you know anything about Tomlin, feel free to jump in
3: We've done this for three weeks now And every single time it's been a disaster
2: Yeah, we only know about Burnley Don't ask us about other players, we just have no idea I only know people who are football manager and that's it <laughs> I, know, I know a few Morecambe players from three years ago Well, Ask 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 us about Morecambe players from three years ago We'd be excellent at those um James also on Kevin Long that we were just talking about, he says we lost almost every game that Kevin Long started last season. Um so, so that's an she interesting goes. one. His she record goes. this season's a bit better, obviously two wins and a draw, so we'll maybe have a look at those stats later in the season. Um Ganks has been on about it long as well. He says a bit he's a bit raw, but he's got plenty of potential. He doesn't like composure on the ball and his passing ability will follow. I think that's fair enough, and I think we'll see a, a lot more from um, Kevin Long and someone we're also going to hear a lot more from is James Bird who is triumphantly returning to the podcast. Hooray. Back, James! We were just talking about Kevin Long. Have you got anything to add about Kevin Long?
4: Um, yeah. When I did the, the stats that, uh, a couple of weeks ago I think it was um, I was actually really surprised by the fact that um, Kevin Long did so poorly um, because I saw quite a few of the games he was involved in and he was really impressive and I think that's continued this season. Um so I don't know if it was just a case of he was unlucky with what games he was involved in. But I'm I'm sure that that stat doesn't reflect on the type of player he is really.
2: Yeah, it's it's in these stats sometimes. I mean, you can people always say you can twist stats and I on, know one of our listeners today, and he's not really a big fan, but we know that Dash does look at these these statistics and things like percentages of games played that have won, they do influence managers these days, whether you like it or not, they are becoming a more important part of the game. Um so in James that respect Jerry maybe it is interesting it, that he went for long over over someone like David Edgar, who we obviously trust, especially to bring on and see games out. I mean Edgar's come on for every every single one of the three games so far. Um, just on David Edgar were you happy with his impact from the bench on Saturday or were you perhaps rather have seen Brian Stock? I know you're a big fan of Brian Stock, James.
4: Um, I would have preferred to see Brian Stock. Um, a few people did say on Twitter that he thought maybe he was on for his aerial presence. And, that was uh, that...
2: certainly the case um, in the Bolton game, wasn't it? Dash said that he brought Edgar on because he was worried about
4: height from set pieces. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a, a fair point. Um, but we weren't really conceding a huge amount of set pieces at that point. And the ones we were were probably avoidable. There was the kind of set piece that really you're sort of gifting them, um, corners and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's a tricky one. It depends on whether you are looking for that extra bit in the air or whether you want, you know, that extra sort of ability on the ball.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is it is tricky and I think he could have probably put them both on like he did at York um, because we, we weren't holding on to the ball well at all at Hillsborough in the second half and we were sort of sitting in and prepared to head everything away and Sam Volks was coming back to defend. Um, like you, like yourself, I'm a massive fan of Brian Stock and I think those situations are tailor-made for him. If we get Stock on and get him on the ball, he'll be a calming presence in front of the back four. And I think that'll give us more chance to see games out. Um on Brian Stock, Daniel, do you think he's gonna play that role from the bench or will he be more just thrown on in desperation?
5: I don't know where Stock fits in with um with Dice's side, to be honest. Um, he's he doesn't fit naturally into a four four two or a four four one four one one or whatever we're we're playing. Um, I'm sure there'll be times when we play a five-man midfield because the opposition warrants it. But I, I think those, you know, opportunities are going to be few and far between. Um, he's a good player. Um, Birdie's stats back up that you know we win when he's in the side. Um, but going back to those statistics, those sort of there's. They don't obviously. One statistic about one player doesn't tell you the whole story. The the ultimate undoing of that's Gareth Bale and how many games Spurs lost with him in the side. That's a very good
2: point. It was twenty odd games before Bale was part of a winning side, wasn't it? I think one one of the things that broke that spell was when he played at the turf, and obviously we won that game, but Spurs still went through to the final of the League Cup.
5: Indeed, I, I just I just don't think I just don't know where he fits. And I mean I'd be open to you know other people's suggestions as to where he could fit in Daish's side, but he's not made for a four four two. Um and I just don't see when we're gonna play five man midfield.
2: No, I think you're right. I think stocking a five man midfield is a different story because it can sit in front of the back four and it can um set the tempo and Make sure everything's taking over, but in a four, I'm not sure he's he's really got the legs to get up and down and Marnie and Jones seems like a pretty good partnership so far. Um James has got a bit more on those stats on the on the win ratios. Have you got anything to pick out from those, James?
4: Yeah, I mean I, was, I thought I'd take a quick look back just to double check the Kevin Long one. And it was that um he played in he was involved in fourteen games and we only won twenty one percent of those. And that was bottom out of everyone who played more than ten games. Um, even Keith Tracy had a better percentage than that. But on the other hand, Michael Duff was right at the top with 42%. And um, I think that probably shows why we went back to Michael Duff every time he was available, because he, he does seem to have that calming influence on the He's side. He's
1: super
2: reliable, isn't he, Michael Duff? That's, that's probably his defining attribute, it's just reliability. He never lets anyone down. Well, no. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's
4: ultimately why we, why we go back to him so often.
2: I think you're right, a um, couple of opinions on Stock that we've had, um, Gank says he just doesn't think Dash fancies him, it's that simple, he's just making up the numbers, that's a fair point, I think there was a report in the local press before the season started that players like Stock and Barty were free to find new clubs and Barty's already gone out and won to they're ignoring but whether we can afford to let Stock go before someone else comes in uh, is another question I think. Um, and Thomas says, Stock's naff, end off. Thanks for that um, excellent, excellent analysis of Brian Stock. Just one of the points I want to make about Brian Stock, going back to something Gemma said earlier that we didn't mention. She said about Sam Volks. So he's going to be the eye candy for the girls this season. That's an interesting point. I don't think he's that good looking personally, but maybe, maybe others will disagree feel free to throw in your best looking burley players but i would have brian stock up there i think he's a very good looking man and um, oh in Pickle- pickles joke corner which is going to be a weekly highlight of the podcast i'm sure we're going to get letters and fan mail for thomas pickles he says jokes sponsored by volks what he used to play board games a daish That's that's canned laughter, none of us are laughing. <laughs> I, I I think I can improve that joke. What does Sean Connery use to play board games? A dash. <laughs> because, because because Sean Connery's got that, that yeah, thing yeah. with his voice. That, that <laughs> works miles better than your joke, Thomas. Miles better. Okay. Right, um a final bit on on the awful game then, before we do go. Um do you think it'll be the same side as long as everyone's verbal, Kevin, or will um Will he be looking to change that winning
1: side from Saturday? I'm, I'm pretty sure it will be the same, the same eleven. If uh, if Stanislav is not fit, then I expect Arfield to come in just as he did at the weekend, but um, I don't expect any changes, nothing revolutionary. Um, and a prediction from you for Saturday's game? Go on, I'm going to go one 0 win, and it'll be win. Win.
2: I did say it will be one 0 so. You've got him there early with the 1-0.
4: Same team on Saturday, James? I think without doubt he's going to pick the same team. He seems very really pleased with uh, what that 11 offers him. Um, the only thing that might be a doubt is maybe he might want to throw Ben Me in. Uh, obviously, it depends on what his fitness is like. Obviously, he was on the bench at the weekend. And I think, on the whole, he does prefer him to Danny Lafferty. Uh, but Lafferty's not done anything to warrant being dropped. So, I... 50 50 on whether you might see that one. Yeah, I think me and Lafferty might just come down to who's fit I mean, Lafferty's
2: um, Northern Ireland are playing Russia in Belfast, so it's not a big trip for him. But if he does play 90 minutes, he might be a bit tired, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and Stan's last, obviously, I'm sure if he's fit to play, he will do. And I would expect it to be Arfield rather than Tracy if he did have to make that change. Uh, prediction for you for Saturday, then, James?
4: I'm going to go bold, and I'd say this is a team that we need to beat if we want to
3: want to realise our ambitions. So three nil, three nil, by me. you, Adam, same side predictions. Uh, yeah, same side. Arfield to come in if stands not fit, and two nil. Are you going to complete the set, Daniel? Another home win.
5: Uh, yeah, but I don't think it's going to be as comfortable as other people are saying. Uh, I think Jovo will get the first goal, catches sleeping and then we'll
2: come back and win 2-1. I think 2-1's a fairly solid Um, suggestion. I think we'll win as well. And I do think it will be our field rather than Stanislas. Although I I think we need to give Tracy a game. I mean, your foot at home, like James says, it's a game we should be winning, and you make an attacking change to deal with that rather than someone... Someone busy like Arfield that's going to get up and down, but he's probably not going to create much. A couple of predictions from um, the lads on the live chat, as well, just to round things off for today. Connor says it'll be 3-1, and Ganks has gone super positive, even more positive than James. He says it's going to be (laughs) 10-0, which is very, very bold. I'm sure you get excellent odds on that. Uh, Maybe 10-0, Ings' first goal scorer. He's had first goal a couple of times this season. He might be worth a punt there. I'm sure that's worth checking out the, the odds for that one. Um, I think that's pretty much all we've got time for today. Thanks to everyone who's been involved on the live chat and thanks to everyone who's joined in. Um, oh, especially... the quiz?
0: Oh, How the quiz,
2: in? you're right. We need to do the quiz answer. The quiz, I'll tell you what happened with the quiz. Andy, Andy Devani ruined the quiz. I said mm. one guess per person and Andy probably put the whole team up. But if you were listening early, the quiz question was Burnley against Stockport at Wembley in the playoff final. What was the starting lineup? And the starting line up, um I haven't actually checked it, I'm just gonna assume Andy's right, but I think Adam has the team in front of him. I'm hoping uh, Adam has the team. Well, double, give me ten seconds. I'm gonna pad it desperately while Adam finds the team. But Andy's gone yeah. for Beresford Beresford, yeah. Thompson, Davis you know, but, Pender yeah. Parkinson, Farrell, McMinn, Ayers, Deary, Francis, and Joyce. I think that's right. Yes, yeah, it is. Isn't it?
5: Farrell was
2: substitute. Uh, is that twelve players? No, Farrell wasn't used.
5: No, Farrell
2: was used. Wait, okay, I'm wrong. Oh, Rose breaking out in the in the non eleven podcast. He's named eleven players, and Farrell's in his eleven. So is oh.
3: has he got that wrong? Um, did, did he make... say John Pender?
5: It's Beresford, Parkinson, Davis, Pender, Thompson, McMinn, Deary, Joyce, Ayers, Heath, Francis, and yeah. then Farrell, Substitute.
2: I didn't say Heath. So you were wrong, Andy. You ruined the quiz, and you oh. were wrong. It was Heath, not Farrell.
5: Farrell, was Farrell on the bench? Yeah. Yeah, and um, bonus points if you can name our two or new substitutes.
3: Um, I can, I've got it in front of me though I think Andy had a
2: guess at the subs as well He said Williams Yep And Graham Lancashire Yep Graham Lancashire, yep So we've got the full set now? Yep That's it Excellent um, We'll try and do a better quiz for you <laughs> next week This was a bit thrown together last minute we're, we're reading through Clarets Chronicles Trying to find something worth asking But we will find something a bit better for next week And we will Try and ensure that the rules are enforced properly and we don't have people ruining it with all their guesses in one go. Um, So, thanks for tuning in today. We'll get the link online if you have joined us late
1: and want to listen. Uh, Just thought we'd recommend. Can I, can I commend Daniel on his great use of the phrase Boschagolin Gawlin earlier <laughs> <laughs> I, was I, I, I wanted to pick him up on that but I, I wasn't sure if everyone else thought it was as um,
2: unusual <laughs> as me Boschagolin is excellent true genius Let, shall we have an- some
5: applause go. one sec. that's a bit of an accidental part you think.
3: <laughs> there we go
2: any more acknowledgements? <laughs> any more accolades to hand out? The No Name Ever podcast prizes, maybe? Anything That's else? That's an
3: idea. We can do that.
2: That's maybe an idea for another side. But anyway, yeah, no, as I was saying, thanks for listening. We'll get the link on the site to listen again. Um, if you if you missed any of the shows today, or if you want to relive Thomas's incredible jokes that have kept us <laughs> all so entertained for the last hour, you can subscribe through iTunes as well, which we will um furnish you with the details for um follow us on twitter for all the links and stuff like that we're at nona never net on that and and we're on facebook as well facebook.com dot com slash never net we're we'll back next Monday at seven for the podcast. well, I say seven it might be a little bit later It depends what else is going on we're very busy people we're all very very busy, and of course nona never live at two on Saturday for Yorville Town at Home. So thanks a lot for your company. Thanks to everyone who joined in today. And we'll be back next week.
3: Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.